You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. In 2017, we had a fantastic hole um, in, uh, at Osterselberg, one of our Swedish projects, where we hit you know, what would be the equivalent of over a thousand grams per ton silver. Um, and the market completely ignored it. But it wasn't, it was because there was no interest in junior mining explorers at that time. Uh, we were basically invisible. If you walk on surface, you'll be able to see all kinds of old workings there, pits and, uh, you know, little dumps of material. And you'll see, you're able to pick up rocks of massive, massive silver I'm Bill Powers, and this is Mining Stock Education. Thanks for tuning in. In today's show, you will be getting a corporate introduction to a Scandinavian high-grade silver explorer that I invested in back in August through a private placement. Uh, this was recommended to me by a resource fund manager, and I got in contact with uh, Pat Varis, my guest today, who is the executive chairman and CEO of Norden Crown Metals. And I really enjoyed getting to know Pat as I've communicated with him over the last several months. Uh, Pat has a record of success and the value proposition in terms of risk reward for an early stage silver explorer I found very attractive. That's why I put my dollars into this company. They're also a new sponsor, so we'll be following up with them as drill results come in. With that introduction, Pat, welcome on to the show. Uh, thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate it. And I'd like for you to share a little bit about your background and past success with my audience before we talk about Northern Crown specifically, please. My name is Pat Veris, of course, and, uh, and I'm a geologist. I'm a geoscientist. I've been um, uh, doing my craft or, or running mining companies and doing exploration for about 34 years. Uh, I've been very lucky uh, in that I have been involved in some world-class discoveries. You know, I have worked for junior mining companies. I've worked for some of the biggest mining companies in the world. And uh, I have done everything from exploration to being a mine geologist. I've worked in, in feasibility studies and uh, development, uh, mine development companies. So I've really seen the whole gambit of projects from inception, from just thinking about ideas and generating uh, exploration projects all the way through to feasibilities and to the point where we're building mines. And of course, I have also worked in a couple of operating mines. Um, I've worked in all kinds of commodities um, from uh, gold, silver, lead, zinc, uh, copper, uh, potash, and, and diamonds. Um, I was um, I was a project manager uh, in my you know in the early '90s um, of a project that was uh, run by um, uh, Kennecott, a uh, division of Rio Tinto, and uh, we discovered a um, a very significant, probably the richest diamond uh, mine in North America in the Yukon Territory. It's called Divic. So I ran those programs. Um, I also was very fortunate to work. Uh, with Far West Mining, and uh, we, we did a global alliance with BHP, and uh, we explored their basically their properties, and we found a deposit in Chile called Santo Domingo Sur, which subsequently uh, was bought by Capstone, a mid-tier producer. It's a huge copper deposit, uh, about a half a billion tons, and, uh, and that was sold. The company was sold for, uh, what? what would be about $1.1 billion today. So that was a very nice transaction for our shareholders. 
and uh, and of course I've I've also been involved in in, in exploring uh, for things like potash, and we found a big deposit in Saskatchewan in the last company I was involved with, and um, but but I've been very fortunate. I've had the chance to work in in other big mines that uh, are in production today. Um, I explored the Pretium deposit in my early days. I personally probably drilled about 250, 300 holes in that site. Um, I worked at Galore Creek and um, I, I have done exploration literally around the world in about 54 different countries. So, so I've seen a lot of mineralization and a lot of projects. And now you're at the helm of Northern Crown. Bring my audience up to speed. What's the, the history of Northern Crown and what's the opportunity in terms of the share price today relative to a lot of your previous financings? So Northern Crown um, was a company that was started back in 2017. We went public uh, in November of 2017. And uh, I, I got to say that maybe our timing uh, for going public uh, was maybe not the greatest at that time. Of course, uh, you know we've been on a fairly significant bull run in the Dow Jones, and and uh, so, but there is not a lot of interest in junior mining explorers. Um, in some in some cases, it was because uh, commodity prices were not that attractive. You know, um, silver, even gold, and and uh, until basically recently, about uh, I'm going to say until about this past summer. Metal prices um, were very depressed, so it was very tough to get any attention. And even though we managed to do um, several uh, financings, you know, our IPO was done at thirty cents. Um, we raised about four million dollars, four four point six million dollars, and um, and then subsequently we did a couple of other private placements. But but the stock has never, because of that environment, um, even though we went out, we did some drill programs. In 2017, we had a fantastic hole um, in uh, at, at Ostrasilberg, one of our Swedish projects, where we hit, you know, what would be the equivalent of over a thousand grams per ton silver, um, and the market completely ignored it. But it wasn't; it was because there was no interest in junior mining explorers at that time. Uh, we were basically invisible, so our stock price basically came down, and um, we ended up doing a subsequent financing. Um, 2018, we raised a couple of million dollars, and um, that was done at 20 cents. And then um, uh, 2019, we did a smaller financing yet, and that was done at nine and a half cents, and um, for another 1.6 million dollars. But but all along, you know, we did drill programs uh, again at Ostrasilberg in in the Gunsberg project in Sweden. Then we did a drill program. At, at Bjorkford, where we had some interesting copper and actually led to something that is very important for the company. Uh, we ended up doing a deal with a company called Boliden. And I'll speak more to that in a minute. But, but I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, because the markets were in such a state and commodities were such that there was no interest in the sector, our stock basically came down. And uh, uh, to the point where... Um, we actually became non-active for about uh, for several months, almost a year, and then, of course, this summer, everybody silver prices all of a sudden popped up, and um, every you know some of our previous investors who had seen our results and uh, had invested, they went, "Look, um, these are great results. Uh, this is a good time to go out and finance." And they actually offered us uh, 
to lead in some cases uh, in the financing. And of course, we did a financing recently um, where actually you participated, Bill, in August. And, uh, and because it was uh, very well priced, I'm talking about five and a half cents. I think it was a fantastic opportunity. It was a great time to, to get into the stock. And, um, and I think that's where the, the opportunity lies. I think if you look at where everybody has put in their money, you know, whether you were involved in the IPO at 30 cents or you've done any of the two subsequent financings at 20 cents and, and nine and a half cents, I think we're still a huge, um, a, a really good priced investment. Um, can, uh, given the, the, the kind of grades we're getting, you know, we, I look at some of our contemporaries and I think the people, investors in the States would, would uh, know about deals, for example, in Mexico, where they have very high grade silver, um, you know, explorers that have, you know, they have five times, 10 times our market cap on intercepts that are very much the same as what we're getting in Sweden. And what I think, and you know, I'll talk a little bit about the environment in Sweden and why we think it's a great place to do exploration. But I think the company has uh, a fantastic opportunity or investors have a fantastic opportunity to, to, uh, to cap, you know, to, to get a very good deal at these prices. Pat, one of the things I liked, um, and again, I was referred by somebody I thought highly of. So when they said, you know, go into this financing, that meant a lot to me. But also I saw EMX was a large shareholder of your company and I have a very high opinion of them and their technical team. What is your relationship with EMX Royalty? Well, EMX, yeah, they, they, they're very important to us. Um, you know, we, they, they are a strategic investor. Um, they, the projects were originally generated by EMX. And, uh, you know, their model is to generate projects. And then what they do is they vend them to people that explore. And they basically retain an interest. And, uh, and in their case, they've been very much supporting our story. They have participated in every one of our financings, uh, not just um, the EMX as a company, but also some of their principals and, and even the, some of the exploration people. Uh, we benefit from having uh, Eric Jensen, who is their general manager and one of the people that generated these projects. Um, he's a director of our company. So they're, so they're very vested. They're very involved in everything we do. Um, and I think they've been a, a fantastic supporter of our ideas and, uh, and our exploration programs, for sure. This is my first time investing in a Scandinavian um, company. So talk to us about Sweden and Norway. What should we know in terms of permitting, accessibility, speed, cost of drilling, things like this, please? So Scandinavia is sort of become a bit uh, in vogue. Um, there's a lot of people that are starting to go to Scandinavia to do exploration. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, some of the most important reasons is that they have incredible infrastructure. Uh, you know, they have a very significant network of roads, uh, highways, railway systems, power supply. Uh, they have some of the lowest power in Europe. Um, you know, they have hydroelectric power because of all the, um, the hydroelectric dams on, on some of the fjords and things like that. But, but something that people don't know is that, that there's a lot of mining in Scandinavia. Sweden, for example, has been, it's basically a, a long historical miner of metals. Um, the, in Scandinavia, there are about six smelters 
um, which when you when you think of the area that it covers, that Scandinavia covers, um, you compare it to Canada. In Canada, we only have two smelters, and we're considered a mining country. Um, so this is a uh, you know so so Scandinavia, Sweden, Norway, uh, Finland, they have a lot of um, uh, smelters, and and the reason for that is that they do have some significant mines. Sweden has some very large mines. Kiruna, which is an iron mine, is the largest iron mine or underground iron mine in the world. Um, you know, they have big open pits uh, like Attic and, and they produce copper. Uh, they also produce, you know, all kinds of polymetallic districts, the Skeleftia Big District, the Bergslagen District. Bergslagen District, um, where a lot of the polymetallic mines and world-class polymetallic mines occur, that's where we are at, um, you know, and, and there's big operators. Uh, Landine operates uh, the, the St. Reuben mine, which has been in production for 100 years. Um, the Boliden, one of our partners in, in Norway, actually has a mine in, in the area, about 30 kilometers from our, our Gunsberg project, uh, where they have well over 100 million tons of, of uh, polymetallic lead, zinc, silver uh, um, reserves. And, and what's most interesting is most of those reserves have only come about in the last 10, 15 years when, uh, when they've been doing some exploration in old, you know, they were, they were basically exploring there for a long time and they were running out of reserves. So they had a real concerted effort to continue to explore, you know, these systems and their systems are very much like what we're exploring. You know, they paint, they swell, there's pods, there's all kinds of things, but you do have to do a lot of exploration and drilling. Um, but you know, very, uh, you know, they run a very efficient mine and it's a, it's, it's one of their big producers as well. So you have a JV with Boliden, which is a major miner there. Talk to us about this Beerford project. Uh, what is the opportunity here for investors and what is your JV partner spending on this project? So yeah, Beerford, we're, we're pretty excited about Beerford. Um, uh, and I think it's really important for shareholders. Uh, I'll tell you why. You know, when you're looking for things like like the type of deposit that we're looking for there, they're called iron oxide copper gold deposits. And IOCGs, you know, they are more of a when you're looking for those deposits, you're looking for large deposits. You're talking you're talking bulk, a hundred million tons plus kind of deposits. And um, those kinds of deposits are very drill intensive. You need Basically, some deep pockets. The last time we I looked for these kinds of deposits was when we had that strategic alliance with Broken BHP, and uh, where we found the Santo Domingo sewer deposit in Chile. It's exactly the same kind of thing that we're looking for here. Um, there is a region up there. The the world class Kiruna deposit is in the same geologic region as our Beardford project. So there is potential for those large tonnage kind of deposits. Now. Uh, last year, uh, we secured an agreement, a joint venture with Boliden, because they looked at our results and, uh, and they felt that they showed the potential. You know, they came to the project, we showed them around, we showed them that there's extensive alteration throughout the property and uh, a lot of copper uh, is, is evident on surface. You know, when you chip around the rocks and whatever is exposed, you can find a little bit of copper everywhere. So... So we ended up doing a deal with them where they're going to spend uh, the next four years. Um, they're going to explore and spend about $6 million to earn a 51% interest. Now, for a junior explorer, that's important because 
we basically went with a concept, an idea that we could find this kind of deposit or explore or have a project that has good potential to find one of these these types of deposits. And uh, and they feel that, or they I think they felt that, yes, there is that potential in our project, but they also recognize that we have a little bit of expertise because we've had experience looking for these types of deposits in the past. Um, and so they will allow us to actually run the projects. We're going to be the operators until they earn their 51% interest. And, uh, but it allows the company to basically continue its exploration. We're going to have drilling. We're planning about 7,500 meters of drilling this year, probably starting, I'm going to say around the spring. We're going to do a little bit of geophysics, you know, sometime in February. But basically, we're going to be busy. We're going to have news. We're going to have activity. We're going to have uh, results. And, uh, and I'm not going to have to worry about having to go out there, raise some money for that project. And so for a junior, that's really important to be able to continue to, to put out news and do work. And, and, and we'll be busy ourselves because we'll be running the program. But it's all being funded by Boleyn. Now, Boleyn is really important because, like I said, they're one of the most important, if not the most important miner in the region. They own five of those six smelters. And they have operating mines uh, in Finland. They have operating mines in, in, uh, in Sweden. And of course, for them, finding something in Norway where they also have a smelter, I think is really important. You know, they, um, they, they basically get a lot of feed from other parts of the world as well. I know that some of the Irish, uh, some of the Irish mines uh, feed some of their, like their Norwegian um, smelter. But, but they're important because they have the ability to run mines and build mines. And ultimately, that's what we want to do. That's where, you know, that's our exit strategy is we show the potential. We, we define or we find a deposit and then we basically pass it on. Um, so Boleyn in the, at Bjorkford, if we do find a deposit that looks uh, of interest or that is economic, they will have an option to also bring it from you know that discovery stage through to to the point where we're doing a feasibility study um, and if they deliver a positive feasibility study uh, we will basically get them uh, an additional uh, 29% so at the very end you know they spend the money and we could be left with a 20% interest on what would be a very significant deposit and then you also have the blue sky potential at your Gumsbird project, which you are drilling right now. So bring us up to speed of where's the, what's the prospectivity here? The drills are turning. Uh, when could we expect results and what would be good results for this project? Yeah, so, so Gumsberg is exciting because it's, uh, it's high grade. It's, you know, high grade lead, zinc, silver, and particularly those silver grades, they are like I said, they'll rival any any silver project in the world in terms of of the grades. Um, we've had, um, you know, we've done three drill programs uh, uh, in the on the Gunsberg project. There are several prospects on the Gunsberg project, which is also really important because it's not like it's a one bullet type of a of a deal. We're talking, you know, the Ostrasilberg, uh, the Fabergé, the Lauberge, and then the Fredrickson, which is something that I'm gonna, I'd like to talk a little bit more. Um, but we have all of these prospects um, that look very, very good. Um, you know, we know they were old mines. These mines were in production 
you know, there's historically since the 1200s, um, the Ostrasilberg deposit, which uh, obviously Silberg means silver. Uh, it was it was a silver deposit and it was mined up until about the 1600s. And um, it was the largest producer of silver in Europe at that, at that time. Now that deposit has, you know, has workings that go down to about 200 meters in depth, but it's never been really explored further down below that. Um, we ended up doing a bit of test drilling a couple of years ago, and we ended up finding a deposit just south of it, um, which is brand new. Nobody, you know, nobody, the old timers didn't recognize it because it didn't come to surface. It starts basically at about 50 meters below surface, and then, then it blossoms and it becomes a, a mineralized uh, deposit. So some of what we're doing is we're trying to test that on its periphery in this drill program and see if we can expand the mineralization. But let's not forget that this is just one pod of what could be multiple pods. Um, you know, if you look at, Gump, uh, at the Garpenberg deposit that Boliden runs, it's about 30 kilometers east of us. That deposit is very similar to this. It has many deposits and uh, they, they start on surface and they don't look like much on surface because the, the actual footprint is very small, but they go down to, to over a kilometer in depth and there's multiple of these deposits. Now we have a very similar environment here. The Fabergé lower J, we've done some drilling there. We've had some results. Um, it, it's a very interesting area because the trace of the deposits in that area are over three kilometers. So there are lots of, there's lots of drilling that we can do there. Um, the, the other project, and we're actually gonna be moving there um, probably in the next week or two, because we're really excited about testing uh, the Fredrickson deposit. It's called Fredrickson Gruva. Um, it, it was actually a little mine. It was mined back in the mid seventies by what we hear are some fellows that, you know, ran a construction company. They were hunting in the area and they saw these things, you know, popping out on surface, all these mineralizations. So they mined it. They initially, they did some test mining, did about 21,000 tons of mining. Um, and then eventually they did a little bit of drilling. They drilled only to a depth of about a hundred meters, just in the area of that little open pit. And eventually they went underground, they mined another 45,000 tons. And I believe that metal prices collapsed. And so they basically stopped mining. And, uh, but it, it was never tested that far at depth. Another operator drilled nearby and, and drilled a couple of holes to about 250 meters down in depth. And we've done some modeling recently, some 3D modeling and, uh, and with some of the maps that we were able to acquire from the, from the, the, the miners that were there in the seventies, we've been able to put a model and it looks like it's wide open and that we're gonna find lots of continuous mineralization from these old little mine workings all the way down to at least 250 meters because we know the mineralization's there from some of these all, other historical holes. Um, so we wanna get in there and, and test that, you know, the area between those holes and basically prove, again, it, all of this is proof of concept. Are these things continuous? How far can we follow them? You know, what kind of grades are we gonna get? And, uh, and we know that the grades in this region are excellent. You know, in, in most deposits, in most areas, um, you know, you're trying to build tonnage, uh, often because if the grades are not so, so fantastic, at least if you build tonnage, then you can run a much larger, larger operation, that type of thing. We know that we have grade here. Um, so, so for us, it's more a matter of finding, like I said, 
ultimately we're going to have several deposits, just like there exists at the Carpenberg mine. You know, they're going to be a million tons, two million tons, five million tons, but they will all form part of the mining complex. And that's the goal. So if we can show uh, that we do have multiple deposits, multiple bodies below some of these old workings. If you walk on surface, you'll be able to see all kinds of old workings there, pits and uh, you know little dumps of material. And you'll see, you're able to pick up rocks of massive, massive silver and zinc. L let's not forget that for them, the zinc in the earlier days, it was just uh, waste because they didn't know what to do with zinc. zinc. Zinc is one of those metals that they didn't really discover what to do with it until probably the early 1800s. So, so before that, you know, zinc was not a metal that they that that, that that miners were interested in. So you can see a lot of that kind of material on surface. And and uh, you know, we do have very high grade silver, but we also have uh, very high grade zinc as well. And so the plan here is you have is it thirty five hundred meters right now that you're drilling, and when should we expect those scout hole results to come back? So. You know, we're in the middle of this drill program. Um, obviously, we're going to need to um, process the core and, you know, do the core logging and sampling and, and so on and so forth. Um, it is the middle of this, well, it's basically the middle of December. So I don't expect we'll start seeing any results until early in the, in the new year, probably not until January. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not really sure how efficient the... Um, the uh, the labs are right now with COVID and all these kinds of things. Um, I think we should be able to get results fairly quickly, but but um, everything seems to be working a little bit slower these days. So when those results come back, obviously they need to be interpreted. And then what would be the plan in terms of moving the company forward in 2021 with your treasury and future financings? Can you speak to this, please? Absolutely. You know. Um, we're basically, you know, the way that our junior markets work, we go, we raise some money and we do a bit of work. Uh, we prove the concepts and we basically have to come back to the markets and say, listen, we're on to something. Uh, here's some results. Here's some positivity. Um, I want to continue to prove these concepts, drill some more, raise some more money. Um you know, these deposits never, you know, they, you know, they need a lot of investment. Like the reality of thing for investors is that you need probably 20, 30, $40 million of exploration money before you actually define something that is going to be brought into a feasibility project, a feasibility study, unless you're extremely lucky and you find, you know, a, an amazing hole that, uh, that encourages uh, operators to either take you over or, or that type of thing. But, so, so yes, we are going to need to go back to the markets, uh, raise more money. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with timing, you know, because people like we had a bit of a nice window uh, back in the summer, uh, you know, when we did our last financing in August, there was a very good window. Lots of financings were being done. But today, well, you know, gold prices have come down a bit. Um, there's probably a quarter of the financings going on right now. So, so really, it's a, it's a market-dependent um, environment. You know, we will likely, well, we will need to raise more money because we want to continue I mean, to, to drill. We have all of these prospects. They all need a lot more drilling 
than, you know, than what we're able to, to do right now. You know, the, 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 these things are drill intensive. Uh, you will find more pods, but um, you will miss. You know, these deposits will, will have, you know, a few hits, and then you'll hit an area where the mineralization pinches. And, uh, and then you have to step some more, step out to continue to chase that mineralization and find another pot. Um, so those are the kind of things that we have to be ready for. But I also think that there's going to be lots of encouragement. Like we really feel that there's going to be some nice hits. Uh, we're going to show that there's continuity at Fredrickson where you're going to need lots more drilling <laughs> um, to continue to show that you can grow these deposits to a point where they become attractive to a potential buyer. Another, another group that might want to buy the deposit or buy the company or, you know, th then we start looking for a, for a exit strategy. But it's all, I think it's all going to create some value. Okay. In the Beerford uh, project, that's going to be having some drill results over the next months as well, not just the Gumsberg project, right? Well, that's it. Um, I think that's the beauty of it is we're doing this work. And as a, as a company, we'll need to, to raise money so that we continue the work at Gumsberg. But even if markets are really bad and we can't raise money, we're still going to be busy at Ostracel, uh, at Beardford because Boliden is funding the, that entire work. All the programs or the land payments, that's all going to be maintained by, by Boliden over the next four years. So we're going to have results. Uh, you know, it, it's... Um, I think that's one of the reasons we're going to have, uh, basically, this is a good place to put your money in because we're going to have continued exploration. We're going to continue to put results and, and prove the concepts and maybe build some deposits. And with some luck, you know, we'll have a discovery and, you know, maybe Belin says, okay, you know, this is great. Let's just take over the whole company or 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 let's just pay for all the, the mineralization and we take over the deposit. Um, but we'll be busy. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be working one way or the other. So there's at least two paths to an increased share price for the potential investors listening to us through these two projects. Absolutely. So, so yes, we could have some success at uh, Gumsburg. And we're going to have two areas that are going to be drilled. Uh, one of the things I would love to do is raise some money so that I can fly an airborne survey at Gumsberg, because I can guarantee you that these areas that we're working, they're not the only targets. <laughs> there may be better, even better targets there, because there are areas that are depressed, swampy, you can't really see anything on surface. And uh, it, that may be the areas where, you know, the, the, the big deposit might be, who knows. Um, but there's so much potential in that property. Um, and it's evidenced by all the workings everywhere. You really go to surface and you can see them everywhere. But even if those deposits, you know, if, 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 we, if the markets are not great, we're not able to raise some money, we're still going to be busy because we're going to still be working and developing, you know, the Beardford project with Boleyn. So I think it's, um, you know, it, it's exciting times for us. We're going to be, you know, like I said, we, we have two drill programs going. We'll, we'll have another one in the new year. Uh, results, news releases, um, you know, we're going to be an active company for sure. 
And the website, again, like I mentioned in my introduction, is nordencrownmetals.com. It trades in Toronto, in the States on the OTC, and also trades in Frankfurt for the European listeners. Link to all those, uh, the website and the uh, ticker symbols is in the show notes. We'll be following up with the company as drill results come in. So Pat, really appreciate it touching base. And thank you for providing this overview for my audience. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. And don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.